The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hey, welcome to Grace in Focus. We're glad you're with us today as we finish our mini-series on Deuteronomy with Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. Toward the end of the book, as Moses is about to die, he tells this generation that's about to go into the Promised Land that they have some options. Two options, in fact. And they are options that we still have today. So stay tuned to find out about your options. I believe this is a discussion that you will find helpful, interesting, and very much in support of Free Grace Theology, something that we stand for here at the Grace Evangelical Society. If you want to find out more about us, our website is faithalone.org. I'll tell you more about it after this discussion by Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. Gentlemen. Hello, peeps. How are you all doing today? Hope you're having a good day walking with the Lord, walking in His light and His truth. And I'm here again with Ken Yates, and uh, I think this will be our last program on Deuteronomy. We've just kind of dipped our toe in. I know you've written a whole commentary on it. We're going to do Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 19. The last chapter, chapter 34, talks about events that occurred after Moses died and was buried up on the mountain. And so I think it's important to mention that it is not a liberal view to say that someone completed Deuteronomy 34, probably Joshua, but someone finished it. And we have references all through the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, of editorial activity. The very, very conservative view would be that Moses wrote it down about his own death while he was still alive. That would prove he's a prophet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but certainly that's a possibility. God could have said, okay, Moses, this is how you're going to die. This is what I'm going to do. But I agree with you that there's no reason why he couldn't have inspired someone to write chapter 34, whether it was Joshua or whoever else. Yeah, and we probably ought to even say that inspiration is really, in a technical sense, the words that are written, not the person, right? right? Because 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is theopneustos, it's God-breathed. So it's the Word that's inspired, it's the Word that's God-breathed, although we have a reference in, uh, what is it, First Peter one twenty one about holy men moved by the Holy Spirit. So the inspiration involves the Holy Spirit moving the people to write what God wants, but the actual what is inspired is not really the writer as much as the writing, right? right? And so here, what we have in chapter 30, verses 15 through 19, is not exactly related to what we've just been talking about, but I thought we should introduce that before we got to the end. The key here is Moses is about to die, and the Jews are about to enter into the promised land. With Joshua as their leader. With Joshua as their leader. How appropriate here that as Moses is about to die, and he knows it, the Lord's told him, that he tells this generation, okay, you're going into the land, here's your options. And what are those options? In chapter 30, verse 15, Moses says, see, I have set before you today life and good. That's one option, life and good, or death and evil. Which would you pick, Ken? (laughs) Yeah, really. I'll Uh, take the life and good. Yes, and as we're going to discuss here, there is a direct correlation with the New Testament. By the way, verse 14, which is the verse right before this, is a verse that Paul quotes in Romans 10, 
But here in verses 15 through 19, as they're about to enter the land, the Jews are faced with either life and good and death and evil. And by the way, this is the answer to the question that you get everywhere if you preach grace, if you teach grace. Well, if you're saved by grace, by faith, and you have eternal life and you can never lose it, then why not just live however you want? Well... Because I want life and good. Right. That's and my... <laughs> you don't want death and evil. Exactly. Yeah. And notice he goes on to say, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God. We tend to think that at least many people that talk the way you're talking about what would motivate you to live for God if you knew you were secure simply by faith, they don't see the power of the love of God. They don't really call people to love God. They call people to obey God. But the heart of Christian growth is falling more and more in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. I said in a previous podcast, just recently, I I came back from Kenya, had about 150 pastors, and we were going through the Gospel of John, and I just kept pounding upon them, assurance, eternal life. And this was the question they asked me. Well, if you believe that, you're going to just sleep around on your wife. You're going to steal. You're just going to live however you want. And I said, maybe there's other reasons not to do those things other than I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell. And that's certainly what Moses is saying. As they, he says, you're going into the land and here's your options. Here's what you can experience. Yeah, it's called life and good here. Uh, Paul calls it uh, life and peace. In Romans, he says that if you're walking in the spirit, this is life and peace. But if you're walking in the flesh, that's the way of death. Exactly. And so if, if Christ is life and I'm out of fellowship with him, what would I describe then, that experience? Then I'm abiding in death. I'm abiding in death. That's what John says in First John. Right. And by the way, in Romans six twenty three, that's really what Paul is saying, for the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. And so the wages of sin is death for me. When I, as a believer, sin, that is an experience of death. And so again, this is a direct parallel with what Moses is telling the people here. Right. Of course, people are going to ask, wait a minute, I sin every day. Does that mean I'm dying every day? Well, it seems to me when he says the wages of sin is death, that's what death pays. Yes. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's not a statement per se in this context of Romans 5 through 8 of the free gift of everlasting life, even though it's in there. But Paul's using that to say, that if we are walking in the Spirit, we are experiencing that everlasting life as it was meant to be experienced. Yeah, the abundant life of John 10.10. As believers, we can have an experience of life if we walk according to the Spirit, or we can have an experience of death if we walk according to the flesh. That's set before us. That's our option. And it's real clear here. Exactly. Everybody ought to memorize Deuteronomy 30.15. I mean, it makes sense. I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Exactly. I mean, every pastor could stand up and say, okay, let's repeat this before every sermon. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting, I think, too, in the book of Deuteronomy is in Deuteronomy chapter 1, when Moses begins this book in verse 8, he says to this generation of Jews, I'm just going to read it, verse 8, see, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. And so he begins the book by saying, 
You're about to go into the land. The land is right before you. And here at the end of his life, he says the same thing. Book ends right. to the book. You're coming into the land in Deuteronomy, the second law. He's, he's renewing this covenant with them. If they obey, they will be blessed. If they curse, and here it is. He begins, you're going into the land. Here's the things you need to do. God has revealed everything you need to do to experience the good and the life and the land. What are you going to choose? He then goes on to say, look, if you keep his commandments and his statutes, you may live and multiply. But, verse 17, if your heart turns away so that you don't hear and you're drawn away and you worship other gods and you serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. This is talking about physical death. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So these are the options here. It's kind of like you would say, would you prefer life or death? Would you prefer blessing or cursing? And these are motifs or themes that run all through the Old Testament and all through the New Testament, Or right? good and evil. Here, yeah. what, what do you want to experience in your life? The good or the evil? And so people who say, like, as you mentioned, well, why not go out and live like the devil if you know for sure you're eternally scared? And I know that every single listener to this has heard that a thousand times. Oh, yeah. But the point is, can't you say, because I want good, not evil, because I want life, not death, because I want blessing, not cursing? How could it be good for you? To follow the devil. How could that possibly be good for you? Who has a better plan for your life? God or the devil? (laughs) And it is amazing that what they're saying is (laughs) when people look at that like, well, that's a better life. You talked about the The African pastors and they're saying, well, we'd go out and uh, sleep around on our wife. Well, that's acting like that's something they'd want to do. Exactly. That's what they're saying. But that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because how would that be good for them or their wife or their kids or their culture or their church? None of it. It's not good. Yeah, you you would destroy your family, everything. I'd be like, yeah, why wouldn't you want to go do that? Look at how many sexually transmitted diseases are there now? 20, 50, 100, I don't know. Right. And they can all be avoided if you're simply faithful to your spouse. And so I think you would agree with this. Probably the number one argument that we're given, right, with the free grace position, like, well, the shoot, then you'll just go out and just sin all you want. No, (laughs) and all I want is none. I do sin because I'm still in the flesh, but the truth is I would like to be holy. In fact, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 2 and 4, we who are in this body's groan, Because we're anticipating the redemption of our bodies. We long to have the glorified bodies, not only because we'll have no more pain and suffering, but also because we'll be perfectly righteous in our experience. We will please God always. And I also just want to say, as we're closing up in here, that it's amazing to me that even some unbelievers understand this. The moral person, perhaps, in in Romans 2, that... Even if I'm not a believer, I can look and say, that kind of lifestyle is degrading. That's destructive. I don't want to do that. Right. One of my favorite verses coming out of this is uh, in verse 19, therefore choose life. Choose life. So that's what we're calling every one of you to today. Choose life. I'm not talking about everlasting life. Most likely, if you're listening to the show, you already know you have eternal life. But choose the blessing that God promises, the goodness that God promises. 
the peace, the joy, the love, the patience, the kindness, all those things are in choosing life. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all. Keep grace in focus. Thank you both for that informative discussion. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you would like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace in Focus, we would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next edition of Grace in Focus, do you remember when Jesus said that of those who came to him that the Father gave him, that no one would be able to pluck them out of his hand or his Father's hand? What security we get from those verses. But the people who heard those words didn't like them. And do you remember what they did? Find out next time on Grace and Focus. Please join us then. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.